Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to the Over and Minutes podcast. This week, I'm going to be joined by a grand national winning jockey, a professional national hunt rider. He has got over 1,500 races to his name, and that includes 200-plus winners. This also includes the famous 2013 grand national winner on the horse Aurora's Encore, a proud gala man. He's also got a Cheltenham Festival win to his name on Vintage Clouds. It's Ryan Mania. Let's get into the podcast. Ryan Mania, how are you, sir? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming oh, on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, um, I'm very good. Um, looking forward to having a good chat with you. Mate, I'm glad I finally got you on. You, As most jockeys, I imagine it's very difficult to get a hand on, so I'm very grateful that you've given up a couple of hours of your time to chat to little old me. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's often hard to find some time between travelling up and down the country and spending time with the family, so I look only only too happy to be here, and I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm glad we can make it happen, so. No, I'm glad. And I don't want to keep too much because for a little insight for the listeners here, we're recording this on a Friday and I value my Friday as much as anybody. So I don't want to take up all the Ryans. So we're going to get started, Ryan. We're going to do the quick fire questions just as soon as what comes into your head. Really easy, this or that. Any funny answers or anything that looks a bit sceptical, I might call you back for it. But all in the spirit of fun. <laughs> hey, now remember, I ride horses for a living. There's not much goes on in my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, when I've and I've seen some of the, the some of the people fall, I think you must be crazy to get on those, especially from Mate, the border. Crazy, crazy or stupid? That's I'll let you decide. <laughs> brave, brave's the word I give it. Yeah, not stupid, yeah, brave. Yeah. <laughs> and people that are filled with passion, never gonna, never gonna moan at somebody for being filled with passion. So. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> right, nice and simple. Start off. Tea or coffee. Oh, definitely coffee. Quite right. Night out or a night in? Night in. Night in. I like that. I like that. Right. If you had to get rid of one tomorrow, would you get rid of horse racing or dogs? And I know this because you're quite a passionate dogsman as well. Uh, <laughs> how do you get rid of dogs? <laughs> um, that's a that's a trick question. That is a trick <laughs> question. Um, oh, you can't get you can't get rid of dogs. You have to get rid of horse racing. You, everybody except Rona Lloyd is the only one that said the sport that they do. They'd rather get rid of that. Rona Lloyd got rid of dogs, so. Oh no, you can't. Like, dogs are the most loyal. You know, they're they're the man's exactly. best friend. You can't get rid of dogs. That'd be terrible. Anyway. Exactly. Right, a movie or a TV series? Which is your go-to? Oh, movie. Quite right. Oh, uh, if you could rather have a race in a race meet, would it rather be in the torrential rain or the sunny? Oh, sun. Oh, right. Kelso or Musselburgh Racecourse? As your two locals. Kelso. Kelso. <laughs> borders borders every day. <laughs> every day. Every time. <laughs> right. In the car on your many journeys, are you a playlist or are you a radio kind of man? Uh, playlist. I used to be a radio, but I've gone playlist for a long time now, yeah. <laughs> right. You're having to relax after a hot hot day at the races, bath or a shower to unwind. Not not to get clean, but to unwind. Well, <sighs> Bath. Mm, I'm a I'm a bath bomb kind of guy. Uh, I sometimes spend a bit of time in the bath having to sweat weight off, so that's not enjoyable. But um, as <laughs> and as and as as sensitive as it sounds, but a nice hot bath and a glass of wine is quite nice. Uh, uh, you are candles, you you are preaching, Ryan. I'll show you right here. I've got the sandalwood candle going. You're preaching to the choir. Preaching yeah, to the yeah. choir. Brilliant. Right, you're trying. You're trying to get something organised. Are you a FaceTime or a text kind of person? Oh, text, text. I, 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 or or face to face. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not so much into the FaceTime, and I'm not big into phone call conversations. Text is is my way forward. Yeah. The go the go forward. I'm a I'm yeah. a FaceTime man. I must be honest, but I respect I respect the people who don't like the the intrusion of a FaceTime. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm much happier face to face, but for some reason, FaceTime doesn't feel face to face, does it? But uh, I, I get what you mean completely. I guess, I guess, doing this, I've got so used to getting rejections that I FaceTime people, so they have to do it to my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah, That's fair. It's very, it's a lot harder to say no to someone's face than it is over text. So, yeah. I know, especially I when you, you plead it right. Bourbons or custard creams? If you haven't wanted to dunk in your tea. Oh, bourbons. Correct answer. The correct one. I've been, yeah. I'm so, I'm slowly on the conversion mission of getting people to prefer bourbons. Right, are you are you a socks and sliders man? Yes or no? Definitely not. No, not a fan. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. Right, what's your go-to that's musical? Oh, sorry, be, carry on. Against the law, sorry, that should be against the law to be, to be wearing the socks. <laughs> so, I, can, I must admit, I've I've done it a few times myself when I'm trying to get from training. <laughs> oh, right. fair, enough. fair enough. What's your what's your go-to musical? <sighs> the Greatest Showman. That's a safe answer. That is that's yeah. a very safe answer. And final one, sweet or salted popcorn? Oh, sweet. Yeah, correct. I can't. People that do salted popcorn confuse me. See, there you yeah. go. Nice and easy. Got some good nice answers out of you there. Quick fire questions with Ryan Mania sorted. So, right, the first thing, what's new? How's life going on for you and the family? Um, at the moment, very, very quiet in terms of racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but still busy. The horses still need to be galloped, ridden out. So I spend a lot of time driving up and down the country and, and riding race horses and then trying to keep myself fit in the gym every day, running, cycling, doing whatever I can, and then spending time with the kids and, and just watching them grow up. So yeah, it's it's pretty full on. Pretty full. What about you based just now when you're riding? Which which stable are you riding out of? Um so I I'm predominantly stable jockey for Sandy Thompson and mm-hmm. and of course Sue Smith. Down in Yorkshire, um, I also ride for Mike Smith, who's through in Ayrshire. Um, so that right there. So we're we're so that's, that's six or seven hours right there. <laughs> yeah, we we live we live in Kelso or just mm-hmm. outside Kelso. Um, so that's handy for Sandy Thompson's, who's Kelso. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sue Sue Smith's a three and a half hour drive, and Mike Smith's a two and a half hour drive. Um, so that fills my week up, as I say, going back and forward to, to the yard. So it keeps me keeps me on the road quite a lot. <laughs> oh well, it's I don't I I couldn't even imagine doing that every week. You're a braver man than me. You must be sick of the sight of motorways and bypasses. And I I have I have my little um, pit stops. Like I'm I'm a creature of habit. I always stop at the, mm-hmm. the same services all the time, and it it gives you you know you. It just keeps you. I don't know what it's like. You have that target on the road. You you know, right? I'm a, I'm aiming for these services. You stop at the services and you get a coffee and something, and and it just keeps you going from one stage to the next, really. And it it breaks up the journey. And as I say, I, I know every bloody bit of tarmac on the on the A1 and and the yeah. A68. I know all these bits of roads, and it's <laughs> it, it it just becomes. You end up getting to your destination, and you can't remember the journey because you you know the road so well. And you just don't take it all in. It's just your autopilot. Um, but as I say, I don't mind the driving. I actually quite enjoy it. It's it's a way of like switching off almost. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're just by yourself in the car, and it gives you a lot of time to think. Sometimes thinking's not a good thing, but um, <laughs> but it does it, it does give you time to think and, and and to switch off and and think about what you're doing in your life. So yeah, it's, I don't mind it. That's that planning ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, I, I do. I, I literally start thinking, all right, what are we going to do in the next six months? Where are we going to be? What are we going to do to keep ourselves interested? And you know, like with the kids and things like that, you think, oh, what are we going to do? And that ah, just 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 gives you plenty of thinking time, anyway. Exactly. Well, I, th- I was going to you answer my question for me. I was going to say you must have got to that stage now where you just you don't even think, and then you arrive at the stable. And you must go. I don't remember driving here today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. And I think, God, did I hit anybody or did a <laughs> cyclist off his bike or something? Because you you do you, you think you think well, I've, I've literally just arrived at my destination. I've no recollection of the journey. Like what what even happened? Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you're just so used to driving, it just it becomes second nature and. And um, that's just the way it is. Exactly. Well, right. I want to get into talking about how you got into horses, because for those, my listeners that don't know, we have a few that are outside the borders. For those that don't know, borders is the home of Seven's rugby. But for everybody that didn't play rugby, horses is also a very prominent part of life in the Scottish borders. So when was when was the first attraction to horses? Not attraction to horses, that's worded off. When was the first fascination <laughs> with horses? <laughs> yeah, you start, you're start, you're start rumours saying things. <laughs> Um, uh, you can just blame that on a people's thing. Just say that's yeah. a people's thing. <laughs> well, the horses, horses I've been brought up with from from three year old. Um, my parents were into horses, and they got me into horses at a very young age. And so, always had ponies. And because the the local common ridings are so big in the borders, I just mm-hmm. spent my summers doing the the common ridings, and that's really how it began. Um, my my interest in racing never really. Um, hit until around 13, 14, um, when I was riding out for a point-to-point trainer in Gala Shields called Bill Hughes. And he, there was a couple of younger sort of jockey wannabes there as well. They were older than me at the time. And I remember thinking, oh, they're, they're doing it. I could do it. And and that's basically how it started. And I, I thought, I want to be a jockey. And, and that's it. I just, from <laughs> from then on, I did, did everything I could. And Got the you know luck. I was lucky enough to find the right people to get the right advice, and um, and and it started me off on that on that path. Amazing. So, did, did mum and dad own horses, or were they just uh, you just happened to be live near the right people or know the right people? Um, yeah, they did. They did own them, but um, mostly just for me. Um, you know, they, they, right. they didn't they didn't own their their own horses. They just had they just, had, um, they just got ponies for me. Um, they well, my, actually, my my father um started riding out for Bill Hughes as well, so mm-hmm. uh, he started riding out for him, and then I eventually went to him. So Bill Hughes has been around for a long time and taught quite a lot of generations, so that was quite nice. Bill Hughes, did Bill Hughes get? Does Bill Hughes still get in touch? He's like, if it wasn't for me, he'd be. <laughs> yeah, every every time I see him, we have a good chat, but yeah, we don't we don't sort of keep in touch. But <clears throat> but I I do I do owe him a lot. You know, he he, he taught mm-hmm. me a lot. Not just about riding horses, but you know, sometimes you know when you see the next generation, they've maybe not got the same work ethic as 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 what the older generation have. Things things are a little bit easier, and and I I think I was I was taught from the old school way, and you know you have to go into these yards and you have to stick your head down and you work hard or you get a kick up the arse. You know, is you're not mm-hmm. you know you're not allowed to do that to the younger generation now. So. Um, so I was certainly feel like I was taught the right way, and 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 that was set me off in good stead for the future. No, I completely, I completely agree. I was my my old man, and my I had a few teachers that were from the rugby background, but it was you were pulled aside and going, "Stop being an effing idiot!" Instead of "Here's all your list of things we can't say to you." And I, I think I yeah. turned it all right. So I'm I'm an advocate yeah. for it. 
<clears throat> well, I'm definitely definitely of the old school teaching. Um, <laughs> you know, when th there are times where you have to put your arm around someone's shoulder and say it's okay, but there's other times where you have to give them a kick up the arse and tell them to get on with it. So, um, I, I would, I would, you just it, it is, it's a fine line, line, and you have to know, you know, you have to be able to judge a situation and know what's best for for the person that you're dealing with. But yeah, the, the, there's um. A bunch of snowflakes going around these days, I'd say. <laughs> no, I I agree. To, I agree to some extent. There's, there's sometimes there's no substitute for stop being a dick. Is yeah. the, is the yeah, 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 hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> so so you've, you've we've led it quite nicely on the teachers. What were the teachers saying when you were young and going like for your for your social education teacher and you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a proper crack at being a jockey. What were they um, saying? I suppose we never never really got to that because I was you know I was say so, so I was fourteen and I was nearly thinking about leaving school you know I left mm -hmm. school at fifteen to to go and go and pursue horses um so I don't really remember having that conversation um the whole way through school believe it or not I was trying to be either a football player or a rugby player and um and that's what I was focusing on on back then um but yeah I don't I don't really remember the the, the conversations with them saying that I was going to be a jockey but um but the funny thing is after after I was a jockey and became successful and you you know you, you bump into one of your old teachers somewhere and and mm -hmm. it's always really nice that, you know they they think they always found it really nice that they they taught me and they you know I managed to make something of myself and you know it was always mm -hmm. it's always quite nice to, to to see them actually even though I hated school um, but but I think once you grow up, you appreciate everything that your teachers did for you. Um, when when you know when you think back back to the day. So no, I can completely. I think that must be it. Must be something about the borders. I think every border. Every time I speak to someone from the borders, we all say the same thing. We go, I hated school for every second I was there, and now I look back on school with such pride. Like if somebody <laughs> makes fun of your school, you're like, hey, I, I'm allowed to insult that place. You're not allowed to insult that place. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wish I'd stayed longer. I was like. <laughs> I should have got, I should have got a proper education, but um, I think you don't. You definitely don't appreciate how easy you've got life when you when you're there and when you're young. It's just mm -hmm. when you look back now, you think, oh god, that like that was we were spoiled. You know, we really it really was easy, but mm -hmm. um, you know, once you step out into the real world, it's a completely different planet, isn't it? So. Exactly. No, it all it all changes, and it all like you said, you look back at it and go, God, I'd give anything to be back there for a, a yeah. year or so. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, right, we're going to get into a few favourites because I, I always find this quite weird. I hear, especially with the history of horse racing, there's a lot of, it comes from quite a gypsy culture and then it's come down and things like that. So I want to just ask you, does, do jockeys have a lot of superstitions and things like that? Do you have any particular superstitions? Um, some jockeys are very superstitious. Um, mm. Some of them wear jewellery that has, you know, patron saint of whatever on it and, and things like that. And um Mostly a lot of the Irish ones, because obviously a lot of Irish jockeys, they're, mm -hmm. they're quite religious, and so they can be quite superstitious. But the the only the only superstition that I have, and like most jockeys, in fact all jockeys would be like this, is if you if you're wearing new new gear, new kit, um, oh, really? yeah, you have to stamp on it. Um, oh, I've never it, heard that. Yeah, just to get it a little bit dirty, and you know because it's bad luck to ride in brand new stuff. Um, so that's, are, you, that's, are you talking like shirt and hat, or are you talking like uh, vest and well, things like that? Anything, anything, anything right. that you wear when you're riding. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's brand, obviously it has to be new at some point. So <laughs> it's brand new. You take it out of the packet, and and you're not allowed to do it yourself. So you have to get 
one of the other jockeys or the valets to do it and they have to stamp on it and um and it's it's something that nearly every jockey in the weighing room does and and that's the only thing as i say that 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 everybody does there's certain people that have their, their own little things but that would be the only one that i'd be i'd, I'd worry about um and i think it's more peer pressure than anything i thought <laughs> if, if they didn't do it i wouldn't do it but i thought well if i don't do it and i get a bad fall then i'm gonna blame yeah. blame the fact that i didn't stand on the stuff so um, I was gonna say, I, I love, the, I love the thought of you chucking on all this like brand new gear, thinking this is nice, and everybody else looking at you. Going, do you want me to stand on that for you? And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What are, the, what are the maniacs asking me to do? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the first thing you say. Oh, I'll stand on that for you. You're, what? I remember, <laughs> I do, I do remember the first time, and they're like literally grabbing it off me, trying to stand, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And that's <laughs> that's what it is. It's just the superstitions that they have. So. Um, it's just something that you learn, as I say. Everybody does it, and it's it's yeah. I, I, I don't even know where it came from, but it's um, somebody must have started it at some point. Has that has that has that gone into sort of tradition of? Do you ask the sort of the more higher up jockeys to stand on it as like a right of pass? Like I would like you know how you almost get other players get each other to sign their shirts. Do you go yeah say I just for for a listener AP McCoy or AP I'd be honoured if you could stand on this shirt for me or do you just <laughs> do you just go to the guy next to you in the waiting room and go I can you stand on that for us? I just I just got the guy got the guy next to me. I would never never been brave enough to ask AP McCoy to do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, you just you just got the guy next to you. But yeah, you, I mean, it would have been nice. That you could have you know AP McCoy's footprint on your on your new britches. That would have been. You could have. Sold I wouldn't, them I wouldn't even. I was gonna say I wouldn't even wear them out. They'd be straight in a frame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be watching now next time at the Grand National and I'm going to be looking for the footmark on every jockey because they always come out looking so pristine in the big parades yeah. and now I'll know that there's two footprints somewhere on everything well, well I'll tell you I'll tell you something there'll not be one jockey in that weighing room that wears something new in the Grand National whether they stood in it or not no <laughs> really no bad, bad yeah, luck yeah, to wear no 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 they, th they always try and try and wear new gear you know like mm -hmm. in a low-key race somewhere where it doesn't matter because they, they just right. I don't know why they think it's bad luck, but they say it's just it's in everybody's heads. In everybody's I, I love the thought of Sue sending you to some place like I don't know either air, air or something for just two rides, and you turn up with a bag of brand new kit, and she's just got her head in her hands like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well something bad's gonna happen today. <laughs> I know she's just she's just already packing up the car. It's like I'll just go home now. <laughs> yeah, we may, we may as well go home. There's no point. There's no hope. He's got a lot of new stuff. There's no chance. I just I have actually, I've, I've ridden winners, um, with new gear on. Like it, it you know, it's, it doesn't, it, it's not always a thing. But it, honestly, it is. If you get a fall when you're wearing new gear, it is the first thing you blame. Doesn't matter if it was your fault, the horse's fault. <laughs> you just blame, blame the new gear. That's their fault. So. Yeah, quite right. And then, especially when you go back to Sue or something like, that, you're like, oh, new shoes, Sue. Sorry, it won't happen again. <laughs> That's <laughs> the. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see you in half an hour for the next race. <laughs> yeah, jo jockeys always get, you know, they get slagged off for always having some good excuses. Now that that would be a good excuse. Oh yeah, sorry, it was a, it was a new gear that did it. It wasn't me. It wasn't right. me. Ryan, I come from the world of rugby. I don't think anything that's gone bad has ever been my fault on a rugby pitch. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've got 14 other bodies to blame. I was going to say, yeah, at least you have 14 other people to blame. Like we, you know, as a jockey, you've only got yourself to blame. So um, we're, we're kind of limited in that one. Ryan, I don't, I don't know if you've got, you also have a massive steed in between your legs that has a complete free reign of its own. So well, it's not entirely yeah. your fault. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, they, um, they're, supposed yeah. To, they're supposed to do as they're told, though, aren't they? Um, <laughs> So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's we're we're more likely to get blamed before the horse does, unfortunately. <laughs>
true, but I've I've been I've seen enough horses in the local fields to know that if that thing decided to go left, I'm not influencing it to go right in any way. Yeah, yeah. Want. Well, yeah. But that's <laughs> that's what that's what we're paid to to try and, <laughs> to try and do to try and keep it on the straight straight and narrow. But I know it I know it doesn't always work, but yeah, we, we do try. You do you do a damn sight better than most looking at your statistics and looking at e rides. So I'm not gonna blame you in any way, shape, or form. Talking, talking about that, have you ever had, I, I mean, this might be completely not true or anything, but have you ever had a favourite horse or is there a particular horse that you've raced and thought, this is the, I quite like him or her? There's probably been too many over the years, um, mm -hmm. but, but you know, there's, there's obviously the one the one that means the most to me is Aurora's Encore because of what we mm -hmm. achieved. Um, but he's probably not my, you know, my favourite horse, you know, like personality. Um, and I, I don't suppose I could really put my finger on it, but there's been, there's so many, you know, when you ride so many horses and you become attached to some and not others, and it's not necessarily the best ones that you become attached to. It's just the ones that try the hardest or the, you know, the, they're the nicest personalities. But as I say, I can't, I can't really, I can't really point, put, put my finger on what would be my favorite, but certainly Aurora's Encore means, means the most, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, every time, you know, I go down, like he lives here where, where where I am tonight, and you know, like every mm -hmm. time I go down the field to see him, there's there's always very nearly a tear in my eye. You know, like it's it's like always like a a real nice re reunion. You know, because it it was a special day. So so yeah, he's he's definitely a special horse. Hey, have you are the kids old enough to understand the relationship between you and Aurora's encore yet? Obviously, no, with your yet. child being called Aurora, but <laughs> yeah, well, she she's she's only just she's started now understanding that I that I'm a jockey and and mm -hmm. things. So she she talk, talks to me about it, but she no, she doesn't quite understand that part yet. And she's she's met Aurora's encore once, but not not since she was old enough to remember. So she, you know, we we she actually needs to see him again soon, um, and mm -hmm. hopefully she'll she'll understand a bit more then. Um, and and um, not that she'll necessarily remember, but we'll have to we'll have to get her down to see him every year, you know, because he's he's getting older. So you know, say, he must be. What is he? How old is he now? He'll be seventeen or eighteen. Um, oh no! You know, and horses, you know, they you, you know they can get to twenty five or something. You know, they can live live a long life, but mm -hmm. you know, from from now on in, you know, anything can happen. He is getting old, so we need to, you know, exactly. give him give him loving cuddles whilst he's still here. <laughs> Uh, you never any animal that wants love and cuddles is always a favorite you'll never have to go too far to find somebody that wants to give a, a horse a cuddle oh yeah no absolutely well that's that's in, of course in the, unless they're scared of them i see enough enough people that won't go near them but um what what is <laughs> what's that the film sherlock holmes film when he said he doesn't like to ride horses oh yeah yeah the, the robert downey jr one yeah, because it, well, I can't remember what this, the hell the saying is now because it, it was spot on though it was the dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle or something it was it was something like that and, and it was it's hundred percent you know they can be yeah. they can bite they can kick and even when you're sitting on their backs you're not safe so it's um they can they can be tricky. I was I was just always taught never stand directly behind them and if you're feeding them make sure your palms open otherwise they'll take a finger as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you've been taught well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have um we we're quite lucky. We have a small state, not a racing state, but we have a little one just at the bottom of the hill. And then if you're ever we're forever feeling nice in the summer, we walk up with some carrots or something. And ah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, good. I don't know if I, I don't know if the the owner is listening to this. I think <laughs> I know them, so they'll probably be going. Can you feed them a horse carrots? <laughs> 
<laughs> the horse seems to like it. So. Yeah, the horse, the horses will love it. They'll be fine. Exactly. We're saving them money on feed as well. It's an expensive hobby having a horse. Ah, it is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Yeah. So speaking of favorite horses, do you have favorite tracks for like I know for myself as a rugby player there were certain pitches I preferred playing to others. Do you have favorite tracks or uh Kelso. Uh, like hundred percent Kelso. Um not not only because it's my local, but uh, I've had the most winners around there. I, I just like riding around there and um you know that's first and foremost my favorite track. But um apart from that, I mostly it's not the only track I, I don't like Musselburgh. I hate Musselburgh. Really? Um, yeah, I hate it. It's it's like it's it's sharp and and like you go too fast. The ground's never soft. It never mm-hmm. probably mostly because it doesn't really suit the the horses that I ride. You know that right? Okay, yeah. It, suit, it suits your flat racy type of horses. Whereas I, the trainers I ride for, usually have your big national hunt type. So so I've never had a lot of luck around there. I've had a few winners, mm-hmm. but not a lot of luck. Um, Does, so I, yeah, I don't yeah. like. I, Sorry, carry on, carry on, carry on. Or is, or no, is that I, just, you? I just say I don't like muscle. Yeah. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> I'll just I'll just make that title of the podcast. Ryan Ryan Mania hates muscle. <laughs> Ryan Mania hates muscle, bro. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. do tell I do tell the managing director that every time I'm there, I'm like, yeah, I hate this place. <laughs> and they, uh, so don't don't ask me to promote your race course. Although yeah. I will say they do a great job at running the race course. It's not their mm-hmm. fault. You know the way the track is. That's just that's just personal preference. So, I've always I don't know if you're the right person. To ask. Does the sea affect it in any way, shape, or form? Obviously, with it being right on the coast, does the um, wind or that get not, not necessarily the sea, but because it's next to the sea, the 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 the, the tough the soil is sandy, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which is why which is why the ground never gets very soft. Um, mm-hmm. so it means that you get you get sort of good ground all year round but as i say that doesn't often suit the horses that i ride they all want softer ground so that's yeah you end up going oh. too too bloody fast around it and yeah <laughs> i don't like it slow slow the goal we better slow, yeah slow, exactly slow, yeah much better especially especially when you're doing your three or four milers and you're like why is yeah. my horse having to sprint around this yeah yeah exactly exactly there you go how's that perfect you hear me <laughs> Mate, it's fine. The cap, the camera has thirteen pounds, which is what I tell myself every time. Yeah, there was there was a trainer I had a winner for a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He used to be a jockey, and he got interviewed after the race. And um, his his shirt, you know, he was wearing a shirt that was too small for him, and he was about popping out right. of it. He said his <laughs> his wife his his wife phoned him up and said. Um, Jesus, what were you what were you wearing that shirt for? He says, T T V must add ten pounds. And he was like, mm, I think it, how many cameras were on me? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm just gonna I was gonna I was gonna just be back in, but I actually quite like that story, so I might try and keep it in. For those of that are just a bit wondering there why it sounds a bit clip, Ryan's Ryan's iPad moved, I've got a bit of technical difficulty, but he finished at a lovely time, so we're back in now, so we're all good. Right, right. You let me on to the nice bit there. So we we're talking about uh, Aurora's Encore and obviously the memories you have with it. Do jockeys keep souvenirs? Do people in the racing world keep souvenirs? Um, yes, for bit for big races. Um, mm-hmm. like after after the Grand National, I kept the number cloth and the britches, um, mm-hmm. and a race card. So I've got it all framed and got it on the house. And and it's the same with with, with any big winner you have. You, you you keep the you try and keep the number cloth or keep keep a memento. 
um mm-hmm. but otherwise otherwise you know that's it and unless you if you come across something that's worth having you can just, you know you just take it hope <laughs> <laughs> nobody catches you um you know it's handy like i think a lot some some guys that you know they get on certain days they'll get they'll get everybody to to sign the race card you know so they have a little mm-hmm. moment of the day and, and things like that so um i'm not i'm not big into collecting things but certainly the big winners that i've had like with, with as i say with with the roars encores number cloth and things that's all on the wall and i'm getting the number cloth from vintage clouds winning at cheltenham i'm getting all that done as well so as they're, they're nice things to have up on the wall so that people can see them so Exactly, especially such impressive performances like Vintage Clouds one because she came out of nowhere right at the end as well. She, <laughs> oh no, that was I mean, that was a, a great day. I never, I never even, I never, never ever thought that I'd have a Cheltenham winner. Um, and so to have one, you know, after coming out of retirement, you know, 18 months after coming out of retirement or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, was just you know, absolutely out of this world. So yeah, that was definitely one, definitely one worth remembering. Oh, no, it's a it's a very easy one to remember. It was very it's almost emotional watching it for exactly the reason that like you said, especially with Scottish coverage being a slightly a bit more biased towards certain people, as I'm sure you'll know when you watch Scottish TV. There's always a bit more patriotism whenever a Scottish person does well. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but the the funny thing, yeah, they, they, well they have to be, <laughs> got to be. Um, but it, but yeah, it's it. Look, it's just it was just one of those amazing days. Um, but yeah i think i always find it funny with tv and media and they, they are it i can understand oh, when, right. when oh. people are only your friend when you're racing uh when you're winning you know um you still hear me all right yeah yeah what was what was that people people are only friends with you when you're winning you said the media are only nice to you when you're winning when you're losing they don't <laughs> want to know you. um you know, and when you have a big winner like that, oh well done. We always knew you were great, but oh, yeah, you didn't tell me that when I was falling off the other day. So yeah, it's um, it's a it's a funny concept, funny concept. Oh mate, you're you're stuck with me now. I'll be texting you to the help, being like, I saw you race today. I thought it was amazing. Well done. You're like, I can't. I pulled up with six fences to go, so I'll be like, yeah, but you tried. That's what counts. Yeah, you tried. That that that's nice. That is nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that every day of the week. I'd rather. <laughs> You'd rather hear from someone saying, oh, I, saw, I saw you had a shit day, keep your chin up, rather than mm-hmm. you know get get the text when you have a big winner saying, oh, well done, that's great, you won me money. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool, give me half of it, I did the work. <laughs> my response, and then they go, and then they just laugh, and I'm like, no, no, I was serious. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's a fee attached to that, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Quite right. At least a pint, you know, like, God. Exactly. Well, I I owe you at least a few for coming on this, and you've you've won me a fair bit of money in the time as well. So, <laughs> oh, there we go. We'll hold you to that one, yeah. Mate, next time we're in Gala, what's the name of the wee pub down by the old cinema? That one. By the old. I don't know. That's been a few. I'll I'll be in Netherdale at some point. I'll buy you a pint then. Next oh, time, next time I'm there, I'll give you a call. That'll do. Well, I'll, I'll, or next time, or next time you're at Kelso and we're not racing, and I'm there, I'll text you and see what the see what the crack is. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I've got bad memories of having days out at Kelso races. That's giving me a bit of PTSD there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I've never, I've never had a day out at Kelso. Never ever. Because you're always working. I, <laughs> I always miss out on miss out on all the the. Well, I was going to say naughty times, but yeah, I suppose it would be by the time you're 
get Kelso all day getting hammered. You never know what you're getting up to. But um, exactly. yeah, I've always miss out. I always miss out. Right. If there's ever a day when you're not, we'll make a day of it. Yeah, I, t- I tell you one thing that that you miss out on as a, I, I suppose as, as any sportsman, mm-hmm. seeing people's reaction to when you win. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know, like, you know, when when I won when when I won the national, the it was Gala Sivens the same day, and mm-hmm. obviously, like I've I I, I would know ninety percent of the people that were there, and you know, I was told from people that like the club the club rooms absolutely erupted when obviously when I when I won, and that's you, you wish that someone had filmed it. You know, you wish he mm-hmm. because if I I think if I was there. And it, you know, it was somebody that I knew, and somebody that everybody else knew. God, you'd be so it would be it would be the adrenaline rush would be amazing. Everybody cheering and everybody being happy. And as I say, when you're the one, you know, doing doing, <laughs> doing that thing on TV, you don't get to see that side of it, which is which is a shame. Um, that, that's that's one thing I wish that I was able to see was everybody going nuts when I when I won the national. That's um, yeah, that would be nice. I'm oh, I'm sorry you never got to see. I was. I was under the impression somebody had recorded it, especially at that time. Oh, I mean, well, not that I'm aware of, anyway. Oh, well, I can't. I'm trying to think if I was there in 2013. I might have been at Gala Sounds, but I don't think I was in the bar. I don't think I was old enough to get in the bar. <laughs> that, I mean, I mean, at Gala Sounds, that wouldn't have technically stopped me being old, legally required or not. But, <laughs> Probably but, not. But the, the way the way you've got to look at it there is the reason all those people are going mental is to celebrate your achievement. I suppose is the the response I'd tell you to after that is. If it wasn't for your achievement, there wouldn't be that situation. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just wish it. Yeah, it's just that side, that side of it you wish you could see because, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you're watching any rugby match, football match, and I, it's been a, it was really boring when there was no crowd. I thought it wasn't. You know, when there's no atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That atmosphere that really gets you engrossed in it and really gets you enjoying it. And um, as I say. even even when you're at the races and you've got the crowd, it's not the same as 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 taking a back seat and watching it all unfold um mm-hmm. so yeah but it's look it's it's something you, you can't change it but i'm just saying it's something that always annoys me that you can't see but um no. never mind well i'll i'll make sure if you're ever in a big race again i'll i'll keep a phone just there for recording purposes for when you when you do well. i'll even say if i'll say when because <laughs> i remember hearing all the stories about I remember hearing those stories about the William Hill and Gallup boarding up the windows after you won because apparently it was like a plague swarming on that place. Because apparently they everybody ran, had put money in. They ran out of money, yeah. They ran out of money. They didn't have enough yeah. money to pay everybody up. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was, it's always good to hear those little stories. Yeah, that was good. The one time a bookie's lost was in Gala in 2013. <laughs> well, that's it. I'd say they spent years stealing money off all the Gala people. So they, they, they owed them it back. <laughs> Back. Quite right. And before we get into your, I mean, we've sort of touched on it already with the big ones, but before we get into the journey of your pro racing career, I want to talk about, because I'm, I'm a massive advocate for women in sport. I'm a big, I think the equality, I think the way the equality is going is the right way. And I always preach horse racing as one of the parts of that. Have you felt that as, as a jockey, the equality in women's sport? Because for you, it probably seems quite normal having women competing with you guys and just getting on as if nothing's new. So what's it like for you to see the rest of the world sort of catching up? Yeah, well, this is the thing. And, you know, like racing still gets a little bit of little stick for it, which is ridiculous because we, we, we compete with women on a level playing field. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, we treat we treat them, 
like as equals you know we're all the same we're not she, she you know she's not a woman we're not men we're just jockeys you know that's mm-hmm. how that's how we look at it um that there are some who will remain nameless female jockeys that try to separate it themselves you know like look for special treatment because they're because they're girls or women and it shouldn't be like that we're all just jockeys and we're, we're competing together and and i think it's absolutely brilliant um you know and it, it's something that should be encouraged um rachel blackmore last year absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. um you know the, the, the all the winners she had the cheltenham she had winning the national if that doesn't inspire the next generation of female jockeys and i don't know what will um, and she she said it herself, you know, she's she doesn't see herself as, as, as a woman jockey or a woman rider. She is just a jockey, just like the rest of us. Um, and that's that's the the attitude that that, that we want. And I, I dare say you're never going to see um, women's rugby and men's rugby joining. And I can't mm-hmm. see there being a mixed team. But um, what slightly yeah, saying I get annoyed about it is is wrong. But. To, you know, women's rugby or women's football isn't, you know, it's not on the same level level as um, men's in terms of TV coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know, your Six Nations or whatever, it's on mainstream TV and it's it's accessible, whereas I know the women's is on TV, but you kind of have to go out your way to find it. It's it's hidden on the back, back channel somewhere or mm-hmm. you have to live stream it or something like that. And I don't know why it's not, you know, pushed at us a bit more because it's you know it's it's great tv to watch and it's it's something that should definitely be encouraged no i i couldn't agree more with everything you just said i thought the way you summed it up at the start was beautiful i'm not a male she's not a female we're all jockeys that's it and i think that's i think that's so perfect for a women's sport as well it's just we're all just athletes is what we are yeah athletes. All, you, all you want to do is compete at the highest level and if you know everyone that's there has sacrificed a hell of a lot to get there, and you know you've got to respect that, and and that's all everybody's trying to do. And 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 I hate when they try, and the media are just as bad. They try and they try and separate it off. They try and make it men and women and this and that. And it's not, as you say, we're all just athletes trying to perform and and compete against each other. And and racing has been streets ahead of every other sport for for a long time now. And the fact that. We all compete together, which is yeah, which is great. Um, and as I say, it's not even it's not even strange for us. It's just it's completely normal. And there's some bloody good female jockeys out there. So um, yeah, long may that continue. Exactly, my well, I'll be honest. My personal favourite jockey behind you, obviously, is Bryony Frost. I also put the local man, but Bryony Bryony and Frodo are always my have always been my favourite. They're my go-to. If ever if there's ever a race, I was like, yeah, Brian and Frodon, it's done. Even if they're like thirty to one outsiders, I'm like, Brian and Frodon, I'll, I'll back them to the hill. So yeah, they are they are like um, I'm trying to think of a, 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 a the ultimate combination. Some some mm-hmm. film somewhere must have like a, the ultimate duo. I mean, they, the the races they've won and the way that they the the way that they bond in a race is just is 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 pretty special and. Probably, it's probably something that you won't see for a generation like the you know the 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 connection that those two have in the way that you know the, the races that they've won is is incredible and you know, and just like just like Rachel Blackmore you know Brownie's managed to um you know do a lot for 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 women in in sport and in, in general um mm-hmm. yeah so as i say it's it's great that they can that they're there competing but again i'll say it again they're, you know they're not competing as women they're competing as jockeys and and that's the main thing Exactly. No, couldn't have put it better myself. I could not 
That was that was almost so perfect the way you described it. People wouldn't believe that that was a one take thing, but that was perfect. <laughs> that was that was perfect. <laughs> I was just if if I've ever wanted something to sum up how like equality in sports should be in terms of gender, that I'll just play that. <laughs> I'll send it, send it everywhere, send it there. Hey, hey, I'll I'll be asking you. You're the, you're the famous one on the phone. <laughs> this, is, this is what we think about equality. This is the yeah. way we go. I know. Of all the places you'd never think you'd find it, the rural borders. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Ryan, I want to get into talking about your pro race career because you've actually had a bloody impressive professional career as a jockey, for want of a better phrase. You've been incredible. So what was it like making that, getting that first race in Cartmel in 2009? Like, what were the nerves like on that day? That, if you can even remember that far back. My, that, that couldn't have been my first race, was it? No. According, according to Racing TV stats, your first pro race was Cartmel in 2009. Ah, well, no, I, well, maybe it was. What, what, what was the horse? Does it tell? Have you got it written down? I didn't write down. The, I was about to go. I can find you the horse. Let me go. Let yeah, well, me go. Yeah, that was. That was interesting. I can't. You know more than me. If that's the case. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm proving that my research. Is that, when do you think your first race was out of interest? And I'll. I'll in slyly go and do some research on the fly. Uh, in all honesty. I, I don't know. <laughs> this is this is news to me. I, I probably feel like it. I thought it was maybe Perth or something. Um, but no, I can't. I'm just interested to to know what it was. It might it might jog my memory. I will have a look for you here. And in the meantime, we'll do the finest bit of waffling you've ever seen to try get in between. So. What was the nerves like on the first season though? Like, did the nerves last for a while? Was it was it every race kind of thing? No, there's no nerves. Um, believe it or not, you're not. It's uh, my wife asked me that a lot actually. Well, she did. Mm. Doesn't bother now, but she, you know, <laughs> do not get do you not get nervous. Do you not? And I'm like, I'm like sometimes when you when you think about it, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're thinking about what you're going to ride and you're going to ride in these big races, you you start to get a bit. I don't know if nervous is the right word, but a little bit exciting, a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of something. But mm -hmm. nerves, nerves are not the case. As soon as you get to the races, and as soon as you get on that horse, it's definitely not nerves. It's just, it's just the you're there to do your job, and you know, like like anything, and it's that adrenaline rush and that that will to win that just takes over. Um, yeah. So yeah, so as I say, nerves just don't really come into it. I was gonna, say, I was gonna say not to sound cliche, but the sort of the blinkers come on, and you're just like, yeah. I'm, I'm paid to do a job now. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. It's like it's almost like um, as soon as as soon as your goggles go down, that's mm -hmm. it. You're just in that in that focus, and you're and you're in the zone, and that's the best way you can describe it. Blinkers, it's the same thing. Blinkers, goggles, whatever it is, you're just um, you're almost the expressions on your face almost change. You almost just go into like, that's it. Yeah. And you know, straight away, you know, we're all we're all mates in the weighing room. We all chat and have banter and whatever else. But as soon as you're on that racetrack, you know, they're 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 your enemy. You know, so it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a weird environment when you're your mates one minute and then not the next. But that's just that's just the way it is. And as I say, everybody everyone's the same. The blinkers come on and they just go for it. So um, that's it.
I was going to ask you to that point, because that's what we see. So when, when the horses are making their way to the start line, everybody's laughing and joking, especially with um, Matt Chapman, you know, when you're doing the big races and he's there, like, almost leaning over the first fence, pointing the microphone at you going, do you want to do an interview? And you're like, not right now, mate, I'm a bit busy. But, yeah. like, yeah. At, what, at what point do you look at the guys around you and go, right, you're not my mates anymore? Uh, does it is it once you're is it once the guy the, the starter calls you in or is it once yeah, you get once, to the starting once, point once the tapes go back mm-hmm. uh, yeah because when you're walking around the start depending on the situation you can still have a bit of chat and a bit of bit of a bit of a laugh and whatever but as soon as soon as the tapes go back and the race starts that's that's it game over <laughs> <laughs> right i'm still i'm still looking right so here we go is it uh, Sam's Samzidat was the first one. Cartmel, twenty seventh of the fifth, two thousand and nine. Uh, definitely not. Definitely. No. No. Well, racing racing TV have embarrassed you over an eighty minute podcast here, so <laughs> I can. Obviously, just doesn't go back far enough. It must. Oh. It must. Sad. Sam is that I rode that uh, was that was quite a way in that I rode him. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it was it, yeah it was. It could even have been. It must have been two thousand and eight when I, when I, became professional or something. And I, I can't, can't rightly remember. I can't rightly remember. Um, there's, there's been a few since then. There was over seven hundred and ninety-six pages to flick through to find that. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. I was going to say when you, when you read out the statistics at the start mm-hmm. that, oh, well, I wasn't sure about the number of rides. It'll be. It, it should be more than that. And I've certainly had more winners than that as well. So, <laughs> I, all, all, all you've told me there is once we finish this, I'm going to ask you for the real statistic and I'm going to go and redo the intro and yeah. nobody will ever know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had, I've had over, I've had, I've had over 200 winners. I can't remember what it is exactly, but it's over 200. 200, um, 200 plus will do. <laughs> 200 plus, and we generally, generally operate at about a 10% strike rate. So, um, at least a thousand runners, then. So yeah, at least uh, it's definitely it has to be over a thousand. Yeah, it has to be over a thousand. So, yeah. that, uh, you must be. Yeah, you must be at two thousand if you're a ten percent strike rate. Yeah, two thousand runners, two hundred wins. Yeah. Well, it's to have to. Yeah, I I don't know what it is exactly, but um, I I could I should certainly. It, where do you go racing TV? You have to. You have yeah. uh, better off looking at racing post. Um, oh, they only they only go back the last five seasons. I've checked them because that's uh, what I used to use. If you if you go into the statistics, <laughs> I'll have a look. We'll have a look. I'm not. You're not. You'll probably not be able to get my first ride, but you'll get you'll get the numbers. You'll get the numbers of winners and rides. Um, if you if you go jockey and statistics, mm-hmm. um, somewhere somehow. Um, I I try to because I use I use rating posts when I'm trying to keep up to date with what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a, a little personal background about me, I try I've I've tried to stop gambling on horses because I was ridiculous for it, but I still like to keep up to date with the world of sport because I love the sport. I have so much respect for the sport. Yeah. So to, to, to stop myself doing it, I got rid of the gambling apps and I got the racing post app, and I was like, I'll just use that. Yeah, and all the all the racing post app is trying to encourage you to gamble. Exactly. <laughs> It's just every a test of willpower. I'm just an emotionally strong man now. <laughs> <laughs> every time you open it, it's some other bloody gambling company giving you an advert for free free bets or some nonsense. Honestly. <laughs> um, exactly, but we move on. Exactly, right. Well, 
anyway, apart from that, we've we've managed to get the interesting points that we want to get anyway about the nerves and how when jockeys become friends and when they stop being friends. Because I find that so interesting as a sport. It's the only sport where you compete against people in, like you said before we came out, in five and six minute slots. Going back to being mates and sitting next to each other, going, should we go out and do it again six more times? You go, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's. I think again, I mentioned my wife again, but she sums yeah. it up quite well. And she says it is the most bizarre sport. Like, like it really mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, like not only, yeah, as you explain that you go out and for six minutes you're enemies, and then you go back in and you're mates, and and you're all in the same changing rooms, and it's a it's a strange environment. And then and what and then you you're driving, you spend your life in the car, and you're riding out in all sorts of weather. And then you have to go sweat off weight because you're too heavy. You starve yourself. You're dehydrated. You're this, you're that. And she's like, it's the most stupid sport. <laughs> <And> <laughs> why would anyone want to be a jockey? But it is the most addictive thing in the world to do. Like the the buzz that you get out of it and the, like, uh, it just is, it's extremely addictive. And, um, you know, it's, 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 that's why everybody keeps doing it, I suppose. Exactly. I want to talk about, um, the travel on a jockey, like we discussed, we discussed when you were where you're based when you're training. How when you're when you're racing, it's the middle of race season, <clears throat> and obviously you can be up and down. You can be somewhere like you can be Windsor, and then next week you can be at Air. Like how many like how many miles miles and hours in a car do you reckon you put in in a week in like uh, big race season? I definitely average average a thousand miles a week. Um, Jesus. And yeah, so that that's that's how it averages out through the through the whole year. So we usually yeah, so we yeah, because you do about fi- between fifty and sixty thousand miles a year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wow. That, yeah, so that's that, just that's just on the horses. <laughs> just, uh, but I, I tried to think how many miles you do on the horses. Actually, that, that'd be worth. That'd be that would be a good statistic to work out. Yeah. Actually, R- racing post. If you redeem yourself, I find out how many miles Ryan's run on horses. I'll let you off. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> have to go through every race from last season and work out well that was two miles that was three miles and add it all up that doesn't even count how many times you've had to go around other horses and that you've not gone as the crow flies dead straight either well yeah exactly (laughs) oh well i can't believe i can't believe it when you see the travel you do and then you think about because you guys don't even not even i I hate to keep bringing it back to rugby because i I don't want to make this about rugby because you're obviously not a rugby player but like rugby players have at the very worst, two games in 15 or 16 days. So they'll play twice. But you guys can do almost seven-day weeks, some of you, it feels like. Yeah, I think I think um, we get slightly forgotten about because because the horses are the ones technically doing the work. You know, like that. That's, <laughs> I suppose that's how the outside world sees it. Mm-hmm. What they don't realise is that how fit we have to be to be the ones doing the steering. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you're completely right. As soon as you relate what what we do and the care that we get in comparison to other professional sports, it, like we are miles behind, like miles mm. behind. Um, you know, you think every, especially when you get to top levels, every team, every you know tennis player, every golfer, they all have a team of people um, yeah. behind the scenes helping them. You nutritionists, physios, masseuse, like the, the whole shebang. And, you know, whilst, whilst we're getting better, we have centres, um, like injured jockeys fund centres that have all these people. Mm-hmm. But, they're, you know, they're not, you know, you can't, I live 
three and a half hours away from the nearest center um so you know it's, it doesn't work you know i haven't got somebody coming in in the morning saying right up you get you're going to eat this you're going to train this you're going to you know we have to self-motivate ourselves to to get up ride out go to the gym keep our weight right um and mm-hmm. as you say that's seven days a week it's not it's not like right you've got a race on saturday you've got the whole week to prepare no no you're every day in the car driving riding racing and it's yeah it's it's constant um i mean it is i remember like just last season thinking i went it must have gone probably 12 or 13 days straight like racing every day and you know riding wow. out else mm-hmm. and i remember getting a date like the, the first day off after all that block and and i felt i sat down and i felt like i was still moving you know like because I, <laughs> I know what you mean yeah, like obviously I'd had t- I'd had downtime in that twelve days, mm-hmm. but but that first time I'd actually had to switch off because I'd obviously been driving up and down, up and down, racing round and round and round, and my head was you know you're going, <laughs> and, and it was it was the weirdest feeling that it was like it must have been a Sunday or something, you know there was nothing happening and I was just chilling with the family and I remember going God, <laughs> I was just like I still I felt like I was still moving. It was just um so. You know, in that respect, that that's that's what that's what I suppose when 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 anyone interviews us, that's what we try and highlight. And it's mm-hmm. not to make people feel sorry for us. We do it through choice, and we love doing it. But it's it it doesn't even compare to 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 these other sports, and mm-hmm. you know the money that these sportsmen get paid um, for. You know, and and they get far more far more care and attention than we do basically um and as mm-hmm. i say nobody nobody really sees that side um they i suppose the outside world will think that we get treated the same as all these rugby players football players and and things like that but yeah we're, we're far from it far from it oh no i've spoken i've spoken to enough rugby players to know that there's also some of them that get left out hung out to dry a wee bit as well so yeah well, there must be some physio in gala that must be dying for a wee bit of publicity that you can go Free massages for life, and I'll I'll get your name somewhere on a short. Yeah, there'll be someone, but it's um it, again, it, it's it's because the the nature of what we're doing, because we ne- we we don't necessarily know where we are from one day to the next. You know, you're all you're literally all over the place. Um, it's not like going to the going to the training centre and spending a day there and then going home. You know, we're literally everywhere, um, which makes everything else really difficult fitting fitting in the training and seeing people and things like that so um as i say i'm, I'm certainly not complaining i'm just you know trying to highlight the highlighting the, yeah highlight the difference um and it's funny i sat I, I was at an awards dinner years ago and i sat next to the boxer was it ricky burns a scottish boxer i don't want to i don't want to get the name wrong but it was you know he's light lightweight boxer and um the similarity between boxers and jockeys is 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 quite scary you know when they're trying to make weight and you know mm-hmm. the, the way that they live in the train but the huge difference there is you know how many fights will they have a year i don't know two or three um yeah five you know, five if they're unlucky something like yeah. that and so you know they they get so much time off in between and as i say they have that goal but mm-hmm. and 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 yes they have to get their body weight way down you know from what what's probably not very natural for them but then you know they, they have the way in the day or two before they fight and then they can put you know they can eat again yeah whereas we have to keep our body weight down 305 <laughs> days of the year um 
so that's 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 probably the most intense and the hardest part. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and no matter who you are, what jockey you are, you have some issue with weight. You know, like there, there's there's people out there that are naturally light, but they're not just going out and eating you know pizzas and kebabs every night. You know, every mm-hmm. everyone everyone in the weighing room is trying to be lighter. Yeah. And then they are, you know, the, every, everyone has, if you're not, you might not have a problem, but you're always thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's something that always plays on your mind. Um, uh, it sounds, sounds horrible coming from a, a guy who has never had to been told not to eat the, the bars when weights have been more of an advantage <laughs> to disadvantage. So I can feel your pain of being told you need to lose some weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not always easy. Um, when when and it, and it makes it worse that you probably you wouldn't crave the food as much if you if you were allowed to have it rather than when someone says you yeah. can't. Um, exactly. Is that, that 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 human ethos of as soon as you're not told you can't have it, you want it? Yeah. No, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's a horrible world when it's like that. It's horrible. I don't know what. <laughs> well, I don't know what's wrong with a human brain. Why? That. Oh, who knows? You're you're busy throwing yourself off horses at thirty miles per hour. So there's a few things. Hey, yeah, forty miles per hour. <laughs> I was good. I was being nice. I was helping you get under the speed limit, but <laughs> making it road legal. Yeah. Right. I want to. I want to talk about the big day, the national twenty thirteen. Obviously, not the biggest day in your life in terms of the grander scheme, but in terms of horse racing, it's probably up there. So, right. and and we've touched. You've you've done well to sort of tease little parts, and now I get to ask all the questions back to back. So that's quite good. So. We were talking about the atmosphere of crowds and how things are like. What was the crowd like on Grand National Day? Like when that when you're racing up the hill for the roar and what stuff like that? Um, well, certainly coming up the home straight. Yeah. The end of the Grand National was. I don't really remember. It was everything was a blur. Everything I was in disbelief. I don't, you know, like I genuinely I have no recollection of it. You know, like when we're talking mm-hmm. about autopilot on the motorway, that is yeah. That, that is the best way to describe it. I just cannot remember it. Um, obviously, I can watch the video back, and and it even now when I watch it, it doesn't. It I don't. I, I don't believe that it's me. I truly don't believe it's me. Um, no. But what you get from what from watching it is that the crowd were very quiet <laughs> because mm-hmm. because they didn't know who I was. They didn't know who the horse. Was. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I suppose they were watching, going, "Who the hell is this? Who's just won the grand?" <laughs> Um, so they were very quiet. Um, but one thing you notice on the big days is just the, the constant noise. Um, mm. not, not necessarily the massive cheers, but it's just the constant atmosphere and the constant noise. And it makes everything so much more tense. You know, it makes the horses tense. It makes the riders tense. Just it, it gives you that sense of like something huge is going to happen um and of course the, those big races that's that's what it is it's it's something huge some some somebody somewhere is going to enter the history books and and, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's all about and and the, the the massive crowd there is that's what creates that um that ten, intense atmosphere well I, you talk a nice a good question there is obviously horses horses are not stupid animals by any stretch of the imagination but do they sort of realize that something big is about to happen as well do they can you feel it in the horse yeah well they you know they're not horses aren't necessarily intelligent animals Mm -hmm. but they they feel everything you know Mm -hmm. um they feel everything that the jockey's feeling and you know and and they feel everything out with you know so the the massive big days like the the 
they can really push a horse the other way. Like if 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 you've got a horse that's excitable, um, they can really they can they can lose the race before they even get to the start. You know, if it mm-hmm. if it's a massive crowd and a massive atmosphere, it can really push them over the edge. It's um it, it's something that you need a very very calm calm horse for. Um, you know, the more calm they are in the preliminaries, the better. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Is that why they always tell you not to not to go for the horse that's jumping around, swiping yeah. its head up and down? <laughs> yeah, the one that's throwing itself around is generally <laughs> before the race has started. So yeah, it's not worth not yeah. worth. It doesn't always happen like that, but yeah, it's, it's usually not worth it. It's gonna say that horse is as happy as everybody else to be there. That's what I take from it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that horse has got anxiety issues. That's <laughs> oh, so I want to know what's the jockey's room like specifically before the national because we're talking about 2013. Like, and we're going on about these superstitions. Is there like a special embrace that everybody has? Do you have like I don't know if a team huddle is the thing you do in the weighing room, but does everybody have like a go out and be safe type thing? Or yeah, it, the atmosphere is 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 strangely strangely different um, before mm. the Grand National because it's it is the biggest most dangerous race there is. And mm-hmm. suddenly, everyone everyone's a lot nicer. Like everyone's nice, <laughs> but you know, yeah. like everyone, there's like a sense of mutual, like real mutual respect between everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and everybody's saying best of luck, best of luck. You know, and and um, and you know, you're really it's it's really a race that you really are all you're sort of in it together. Like certainly beforehand, um, it's it's a strange togetherness. It's it's hard actually to explain. It's something that you just you know you feel when you're when you're in there and um certainly everybody becomes a bit more intense and you know like your quiet jockeys suddenly they become a bit louder and your louder lads they become a bit quieter and and Mm -hmm. it's um it's definitely a completely different atmosphere than 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 any other day as i say that sounds almost like people you almost want not not want each other to win because you know you're all there to do the job and win the race and go in the history books but it sounds um it sounds like everybody is a team, as weird as that sounds, in a, a forty-strong-plus competitive yeah. race of individuals. But no, it's hundred percent because every jockey in there mm-hmm. knows that it's the Grand National. Literally, anybody could win. You know, like you know, it's not it's not like going out for a, a not a hundred at Kelso where you're pretty mm-hmm. sure you know what's going to win. You know, yeah. um, and it, you know the Grand National, anything can happen. So, so nobody's, you know as i say if everybody's just got that mutual respect and 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 as i said before that if we're all going out there to to try and be a part of the history books and and it's just such a big deal um yeah. that yeah everybody's just yeah in a, in a sense you you are you have got that team feeling like you know I, i'm i'm lucky enough to, to have still played rugby at senior level and 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 be mm-hmm. a part of a team and I, I enjoy being part of that team and and that is what it's like on Grand National Day. It's, it's it's like you are you're all patting each other on the back before you go out, and there's no other race like that. You don't do that for any other race, and mm-hmm. except that day. And and yeah, it's it's um it's really nice. But but don't get me wrong. As soon as the tapes go back, it all changes. <laughs> the blinkers go on, so I didn't mean any of that. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, quite right. Hey, like we said before, we're all competitors trying to win at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I know I know you said you don't really remember going up the the home straight, but what was that feeling like when obviously when all as we said all the cameras suddenly turned towards you and your your Scotland's prodigal son? What's that feeling like when the winning feeling when somebody goes Ryan Manny, you've just won the Grand National? I was I was waiting for the stewards 
ding dong to go and say, oh, actually, no, you haven't won. Someone else has won. <laughs> it turns um, out he's missed a lap. He's just ran up the home straight. <laughs> you missed the fence down there somewhere. I don't know how you managed. Um, look, it, it was it was amazing. And just, it was just madness. You know, like you, you get people from everywhere and you get into the, into the, into the winning, the winning enclosure and everybody's there. There's no space to think to, to do anything. Um, and then you're hust, you know, you weigh in, then you're off into the press conference and it's just like, I didn't get back into the weighing room, into the changing room for like an hour, you know, like, really? yeah. So, you know, you're out speaking to people and, and, it, you know, it, so it was a good hour before I was able to go in and just sit down and just try and, you know, take in what, what the hell had just happened. Um, and so it was just, it was utter madness um, is the best way to describe it. But, you know, that that was amazing. And and, and I do remember all of that. As I say, I, I don't remember finishing the race, but I do remember the aftermath and and everything that went down. And just, just it just was absolute madness. But it was, but it was, it was amazing. You know, it was like, the, the, you know, I think all jockeys are adrenaline junkies. And, you know, I, I managed to get, that adrenaline rush from you know the aftermath with with everybody being buzzing around about you like literally mm -hmm. everyone was buzzing and it was just yeah it was an amazing feeling wow no i can't imagine because for me from, from an outsider looking in the grand national is the pinnacle of horse racing and i think yeah. it always will be considered that so you for as far as my interpretation of horse racing goes you were you were the best jockey in the world for that one year until somebody else took the crown off you so yeah it must be that sort of feeling. Well, maybe the, the best, yeah. As long know. as we ignore champion jockey and things like that, yeah. but you're, you're fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take I'd it. have it. You can you can have over an 80 minutes podcast, yeah. unofficial greatest I'll, jockey. I'll tell you what I was more upset about was I was, you know, in terms of Scottish sport, you know, that kind of, you know, that that is, as far as, as, far as racing is concerned, I can't win a bigger race. You yeah. Know, like, that was that is the pinnacle. I, I agree with you there. Um, but then Andy Murray went and won, won Wimbledon the same year. <laughs> completely, everyone must have forgot about me. They're like, oh, oh, Andy Murray's won Wimbledon. Never mind you. You're just this little Scottish jockey. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you're selling yourself You're selling yourself really short there. I was everybody. Everybody was very impressed, and the Borders was very proud of you. Murray's from Edinburgh. We don't associate with a big city. Well, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, 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 that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Consensus sarcasm, but I'll take it. Consensus <laughs> sarcasm. <yeah. laughs> so, um, I, you said it took you an hour to get back to the jockey's room. What was that like when you got back in? Because obviously, I'm so interested now that you said the level of respect and everything changed in the jockey's room. Was it like champagne spraying for everybody? Was everybody buzzing for you? Or was it just a oh, quick shake of the hand? Or yeah, I, well, yeah, a shake of the hand, a hug. You know, just, just, mm -hmm. just real, and. It, was amazingly after every you know every time someone rides a winner yeah everyone will say well done in the weighing room mm -hmm. you know it, it's just a thing everybody congratulates the winner um but some lads don't always mean it you know like All right. you know you, you say it but you know you're like yeah, yeah well done but you know and it's maybe it's just because you, you say it all the time it, you know with a race like that people really really mean it you know <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. they come up and they really say look well done amazing blah 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 so yeah there was just there was plenty of that um and as i say i just 
took a minute, had a shower, and just tried to tried to just you know come come down off the high somehow, you know, just to <laughs> just to try and take it all in as much as I could, um, which which wasn't easy. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was madness. Um, but it just yeah, I think it took me a long time to to come. Well, actually, it took me to the next again day to to relax about that's because I ended up in hospital but it was um <laughs> it was um yeah it, it's very very hard to to actually come down from something like that um and it's very nice it's, the, the, the 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 nicest part was um AP McCoy actually was him coming up to say well done now he's never you know he'd never done that before and and that's suppose that's what makes makes you realize that you know it's that kind of race, like that's yeah. When I say that the guys come up to you to say well done and they mean it, they really do mean it. So, well, I can I can only imagine that sounds like it would have been one of the most surreal experiences from even even I say from the jock the jock the weighing room before. I don't think I would have ever. I don't think I could have even comprehend being in that situation. So, credit to you and massive congratulations as I've told you many times about winning the race. So, well done. Uh, and hopefully, 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 the horse goes and plaudits as well at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, he's the one that deserves all the. He he deserves all the well done. He does. Um, exactly. He's living a life of luxury now in Yorkshire, isn't he? So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's enjoying his retirement. <laughs> right. So after that, you carried on for another year, and then you actually took a break from horse racing. You decided you were sort of taking a step back from the sport. And now, like I was saying to you before we got on this, I thought you were really harshly done by the media for the way they described it. Because you said you said that one quote where you think, all I could do was give up. But then if you watch the interviews, that's not what you meant at all. And they took that short saying just like, well, that's going to get the headline. But but I kind of want to talk about your break because you did it for... I, I want you to explain it because I don't want to put words in your mouth. So tell us about the break. Yeah, well, look, I... Build, building up to the break, um, mm -hmm. really... My, I, I had, I had stuff going on in my life that you know made things difficult, and it then affected my weight, and so that was bad. And and some, something, something had to give, you know. And I had to yeah. do to to change the course of my life. I didn't, I didn't like the person that I'd become, you know, like just because I was miserable through having to sweat too much and lose weight and things like that. Um. So, so I gave up, and um. You know, at the time it was a huge relief. Uh, you know, I, I did feel for a long time felt felt huge relief because I didn't have to worry about what I was eating, doing, drinking. You know, it was, you know, suddenly a suddenly life was less stressful for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, so I took the time away. Um, I met my my now well, I met met my now wife um, just before I retired, mm -hmm. um, or took time off, and um, and then. We built a life together. We got engaged. We got married. We had kids, and then you know there was something. I, I I became assistant trainer to Sandy Thompson, and when he offered me that job, I suddenly I suddenly thought maybe you know perhaps I should I should give being a jockey another go because I, I definitely worked out that I gave up too soon, and mm. um, I did it I did it for the wrong reasons. You know I did it because. You know, it, I didn't do it because I wasn't enjoying my racing. It was just personal circumstances that dictated to me, you know, almost pushed me to do it. Um, and, you know, I was in a, a real good place, happily married, kids. And 
I thought, why not? Why not give this another go? And um, well, I'm I'm very very glad that I did. Um, as as I say, it's 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 gone so so well. Um, and you know, you you go out there every every day and you do it for your wife and your kids, and it's you've got a real reason to to be out there <laughs> risking your life and driving the miles and riding these mad horses. Mm-hmm. Now you you smashed it, and like I said, as I said to you before we came on. When they said you gave the, I hate to say the phrase you gave up because that's the furthest thing from the truth. You you took a break from horse racing and then, like you said, you got married. You met your you met your now wife. <laughs> you had you had kids. You've watched you've watched your kids grow up for a wee bit. It's a very that's a very successful time off in my in my point of view. Well, that's it. It's 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 hard to say. Like I cannot I cannot say that I regret taking the time because of what's yeah. happened. Like I genuinely would not have been married. Um, had I kept racing because I wasn't I wasn't a, a nice person. It wouldn't mm-hmm. the, the relationship wouldn't have lasted. So I've taken the time. I've got myself sorted. And the 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 the, the one thing that I was slightly annoyed about was when I had the Cheltenham winner. They tried mm-hmm. to turn it into mental health issues. I I didn't have mental health issues. I just yeah. you know I was just I was just having a bit of a shit time. Forgive me, my friend. You know it was. It's, it's a Scottish podcast. You can swear if you want. <laughs> having a shit time and it wasn't it was nothing to do with with mental health and and whilst i agree everybody you know there's a lot of people have mental health issues but i i mm. at the time i, I wasn't one of them and I, they, they tried to to, to to turn it into that and it wasn't i just i needed to take time to 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 sort myself out and and um and as i say started a family and and that's i cannot i cannot regret that um in in the slightest exactly that i do i i'm i'm an ambassador for a mental health group and then i tried to say that to people like, there's such a difference between having mental health issues and just everybody has shit days and you're yeah. allowed to have a shit day it's yeah like you, you don't have to get out of bed like singing and dancing every day yeah yeah people i think that that's what i mean you have to mm-hmm. differentiate what you know, what's mental health and what's just a shit day like mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's so true um and i, I do think and i, I don't want to slag anyone off but i do think people are too quick to say oh i've got mental health issues when actually you are just having a shit day and it, and it does just happen um, well, i think I, th- I think a good thing is like what you said i think a lot of other people tell them that as well i think yeah. a lot of people have gone you've got mental health issues going actually mate that person's just having a bit of a shit day which is perfectly all right to have like yeah well mm-hmm. I, I i know a couple of people that you know they've been diagnosed with depression mm-hmm. and the, all the doctor does is say oh here's some pills yeah. Um and and quite honestly, all they need is someone to speak to. They've got yeah. problems, the few bit of crap going on. All they need is someone to 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 stand, sit there, and listen. They don't need to be on medication, and that's something I feel quite strongly about. But as far as I can't really do anything about it. But you know, if if any of my friends are ever having a shit time, that's that's all I try and do is 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 to try and speak to them and to try and help and. And, and hopefully make them feel a bit better. And, and sometimes all you need is a, a good night with your mates to, to realise that actually you're, you're okay. No, exactly. I couldn't, once again, I couldn't put it into any better words myself. Sometimes you just need your mate to put an arm around you and go, tell me what's up and I'll see how I can help if I can't help. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, anyway, right. So 2019, you're, <laughs> I'm going to say the worst pun I've ever said, but you're back on the horse. <laughs> 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 so I didn't even have that one written down. I wish I had because it'd be a bit less cringy if I had, but that one came to me. So, t- 
2019, you get your back on the horse. For all I know, this could be a lie based on racing TV statistics, but you're back in air, you're racing in air, and it's fair minx is the horse you're on. I have this one written down. Yeah, no, you've is got that, that one. Yep, that hey, right. I'm racing, racing TV, I'm just, I'm the messenger. <laughs> so how did that feel when the crowd, did the crowd have any sort of acknowledgement that you were returning to racing? Had it been a bit of a build-up, or did you just kind of want to sweep back in under the radar? I actually, I feel like I swept in quite under the radar, actually. Um you know that there was obviously a little bit in the racing post and and things, but I did actually manage to just sort of quietly sneak back into it. And the strangest thing of all was that it it felt like I'd never been away. You know, yeah. it, it it genuinely, um, you know, all the all the lads in the waiting room, there wasn't you know there wasn't much change there, and they were all well relatively happy to see me. They're all saying I was mad. <laughs> you know, you've been away. What you what have you came back for? You managed to get out. What are you doing? And I was like, well. <laughs> Um, so that it was a great feeling being back, and as I say, everyone was so accepting and so nice. And I had two rides that day, and as I, I honestly, it didn't feel like I'd be. And yeah. that that was an assurance enough for me to, to know that you'd done the right thing. Like mm-hmm. I was confident, I was confident that I still had it in me, but you just don't know until you get back. Exactly. Um, so so yeah, that was it. Was nice to have that assurance. It was really nice. Amazing, and then so fresh off that, not even what thirteen, just over, just under two weeks later, first winners back again at your favourite ground to Kelso. Hey, Kelso, how was yeah. that? How was that? I, I thought you, I just thought you were going to tell me the name of it. There, it was Caventara, Cav, and it was mm-hmm. it strange that it had to be Kelso. You know, like that wasn't yeah. what planned. It wasn't like that's where I tried to have my first winner, but you know, it's my favourite favourite track, home track, and it was just. You know, it was it was a huge sigh of relief um, to get that first winner out of the way, and and again, it's 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 more just a reassurance that you're you're able to do the job, and um and that you know that first winner was great, and and it and it got the ball rolling. You know, we had we had a fair few winners after that, and it, it really really got me going, and um, yeah, it felt great, felt great. I'm I'm buzzing for you. I was uh, I truly was buzzing for you. So that's a nice little thing there. So, Thanks, man. <laughs> right, we've got to look after each other in the borders. It's a big world, but then every all the borders kids seem to do all right. The borders is a very small world. <laughs> Everybody, there's no such thing as secrets in the borders. No, no, and what they don't know, they make up. So <laughs> I know, and even if it's still boring, they just exaggerate that rumor a bit more just to keep keep the time going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, what's the future for Ryan Mania holds now that he's uh, either post racing or is there any goals for the racing career? Um, yeah, I've got one one goal, and that is to ride a Grade One winner. Um, I haven't I haven't ride, ridden a Grade One winner, so that is that is to be picked off the list. So, um, I won't be retiring again until I've managed that. Um, Amazing. Unless, of course, I get to four. <laughs> Oh God, I can't do this anymore. But honestly, I just want to keep riding, keep everybody happy as much as I can, um, just keep enjoying it. And um, as I say, if I can grade that grade one winner, then great. But if not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But as I say, it's it's I've got such a different outcome uh, or outlook. Sorry, I should say now with with my kids, um, seeing them growing up, and you know, and 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 um taking an interest in, in what's going on and, and and i mean it when i say as much as i love racing 
I'm doing it for them. You know, you're you're making a living. That's what you're doing it mm. for. You make money. You're doing it to keep your 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 family. Um, and and that that's no matter how bad a day I have at the races, I go home to my kids and and you forget all about it. And it's it's a completely you know it's a, it's a it's a different world now to what I was what I was living in before before I take took the time off. And so yeah, it's 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 really 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 good and and so long as that continues um you know if i can if i can ride until i'm 40 then i'll be delighted basically oh <laughs> uh, well that sounds like a great goal to have and it sounds like you're doing it for the right reasons so i very much support you in that and i'll be watching all the grade one attempts that you're going for i'm sure it won't take you that long don't worry about it well yeah i, I mean I'll, I'll not i don't I, I wouldn't like to say but I, I didn't think i'd ride a cheltenham winner so here's hoping that we um we ride a grade one winner as well so exactly Right, this is getting close because it's now and it's starting to get dark, and I don't want to keep you from your family all night. I'm just trying to turn my light on, but it won't work. <laughs> Mate, don't worry about it. It's a podcast anyway. The YouTube, the YouTube's not quite as successful as the pod yet, but we're getting there. So, all right, good. good. <laughs> so the, the pod will be there. Right. So the last section is under the team bus. You can tell this is very much based on a rugby phrase and terminology, but as we, as we've pointed across today, the, the jockey collective is a very strong group of people, and it is very much a team effort although yep. you're all against each other. So similar to the quickfire questions at the very beginning, first name that comes into your head when I ask you the question, just say it. And then if it's a bit of a strange answer, I might ask you to explain it. Or if you've got a good reason for it, then feel free to explain your choice. Okay. Right. First one, most determined jockey. Who's the most almost angry, you know, bit between their teeth when they get on the horse? Brian Hughes. I can imagine that. I can, yeah. I can completely understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, who's the biggest practical joker in the weighing room? Um, Ross Chapman. <laughs> uh, oh, what have I written there? I don't even know. I'm gonna have to miss that one. Who's most up for a night out? Oh, um, not so sure actually. Not so sure. Um, probably there's two: Ross Chapman and Tommy Dowson. Um, they're both they're both from the, the Durham area, um, mm -hmm. and they're they're both a bit nuts and love a night out. So yeah, it's probably them. Durham, that's that's the uni talking there. I've just been yeah. reading. Well, they, they they wouldn't have gone to uni, but yeah, they, <laughs> they might have been sniff, sniffing around the uni, but that would be it. Exactly. Oh, there'll be stuff in the water there. There always is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who's the most clumsy? Who's the one that's always running back into the waiting rooms? Like, I forgot my whip or I forgot my goggles. Oh God, who is that? Um, do you know? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I can't think of. Is anybody? Um. No, pass. No. <laughs> I'll let you off with that one. Who's got the worst fashion sense? Who turns up at the start of the start of the meet and you think, what are you wearing? Do you know Richie McLaren? He's he's mostly a southern jockey, but he comes up north quite a lot. And you do see him wearing some funny things and, and I'm sure it's fashion, but it's um it's just, not, not, just not a good one. <laughs> no, well, it's not not mine anyway, not my kind of fashion. Right. Who's the best dancer? If you if you manage to get some tunes on in the weighing room, who's the one giving it a two step? Oh God, you know jockeys aren't that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's not a lot of dancing going on in the weighing room. No, uh, I tell you who's can I tell you who the worst dancer is? That was my next question. So absolutely, <laughs> um, Sam Coulthard. I saw I saw a video of him uh, dancing at a wedding a few weeks ago, and he's the worst mover in the world. <laughs> But you'll have to, you can now tell who the worst answer is. You'll have to start doing an evaluation in the weighing room. 
Email yeah. guys, if you ever get this podcast best on you, figure out who the best yeah. answer is. We'll have to we'll have to have a dance off. Exactly. Hey, if we can if we can film that for the podcast, that'll be some good content. So let me know yeah. and I'll I'll set it up. We'll, we'll see if we can make that work. Yeah. Kelso Kelso races dance off. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> the the, the tickets are printing themselves. Yeah, we we, we we won't get Brian Hughes to do that, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he'll be too determined. He'll he'll go take lessons. Yeah, yeah, well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I've never met you, so I'm sorry if that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just cross his name off the list of people to ask to come on the podcast after this is aired. Yeah, I know he would be he'd be okay like that, but yeah, <laughs> he, he certainly he certainly won't be dancing for you, that's for sure. <laughs> who's um who's the future trainer? So like, who's a future coach? I use this question as a future coach in rugby, but who's who can you see owning his own stable and yard and? Ooh. Oh, he or she, I should say. He or she, uh, <laughs> um, don't know. Um, no, I don't know. Pass. There's not a lot. <laughs> surprisingly, there's not a lot of jockeys that look to go down that route because you know because we because you go through it as a jockey, you know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know the trainers have just as much a hard as you know just as hard a job as we do, and obviously it's different, <laughs> but. It's a very hard job, so you know we. It's it's not often that they want to go and train after they've been a jockey. Yeah. I like I like the thought of you looking at that and going, "I want nothing to do with that. I'm going the other way." <laughs> That's kind of because we see we see every aspect of it. Loads of yeah. you know, like some people say we'd be mad. We're mad being jockeys, but I think you're mad being a trainer. It's very it's very very hard, and um, mm. yeah, it's yeah we see too much, and it's it's. <laughs> That sounds like I've got some stories to tell, almost like war flashback. <laughs> not, not so. Yeah, it's, it's just when you're dealing with, you know, it's all it's all um, revolves around the owners. You know, yeah. You, you need the owners. You need the good owners, and there's not always some some owners are bad, and 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 it makes makes the job hard. And um, yeah, that's. I think when you're a trainer, you need. You, it's very hard to make money out of being a trainer because um, mm-hmm. everything costs so much. Um, so yeah, it's just a hard job, and it's and again, it's like being a jockey. It's very addictive, but as I say, from being a jockey, you see too much, so you might go, "Nah, it's not for me." You have to, you have to be made of the right stuff. Yeah, you do, hundred <laughs> percent. You do. Amazing. Right? Who's hard as nails? Who do you think you? They are just impervious to damage and fall damage, or? Oh God! You know what? Again, Brian Hughes seems to manage to like he. He seems to be like. Mm. You know, absolutely hardy as, um. But I can't even remember who the hell everyone was talking about. Um, I was gonna say I remember a video of somebody who almost bounced off the floor and just sprang back up, and I can't think who it was. No life in me. Um, there's there's quite a few guys in there that are just absolutely made of nails. You know, like yeah. They'll be, they'll be walking off the course and they'll come back in and they look fine and you're like, all right, no, no, I've broken this, I've broken that. I was like, God, if I've done that, I'm lying on the floor crying. And you're yeah, exactly. so <laughs> He's trying to get on the next horse. He's like, what are you doing? Like, let me ride. And they're like, no, you, your arm's hanging off. And like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it's just, um, you know, like I'd like to think, obviously, as a jockey, your pain threshold is quite high. Like, I, I like to think mine is, but there are some guys that go above and beyond and you're just, you know, they're absolutely mad. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, uh, my brain's not working, unfortunately. I, I can't think, but they are there. There are a few lads mm-hmm. that are like that. So. Exactly. Who's the most natural at, at one with the horses? So when you think of a job, who do you think just almost has a spiritual connection with the with the horses? Yeah, yeah natural, natural horseman. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God. These these aren't def, definitely not quick fire. God, I need time to think about these ones. I'd, I'd rather that because it means it's a proper answer. It's not just a, a cop out going AP McCoy, Rachel yeah. Blackmore, <laughs> just list off the name. List off the names. Um, God, who the hell? Um, do you know who I think is um very very good is Harry Cobden. Mm, I can understand that. Yeah, he is. He's only twenty two year old and. Although he's he's spent his is is the whole large part of his career so far riding riding the best horses for the best yards, but in terms of horsemanship and and jockeyship, I think he's he's one of the best, and certainly along with Sam Twiston Davis, mm-hmm. uh, I think it, it's very hard to find a jockey that is both a jockey and a horseman. Um, sometimes oh, okay. you get. You get a jockey that's that's a horseman, but not a real jockey. It's hard to explain that side, but some 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 I should say some riders are jockeys rather than horsemen, and some are horsemen rather than jockeys. Right, okay. uh, hard to get the whole package, and I, I definitely think that Sam Twiston Davis and Harry Cobden are they they they're both. Um, I think they're 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 um, brilliant. They really are. So. Mm-hmm. No, they're phenomenal. From the 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 exposure I see of them, they are incredible jockeys and horsemen. Yeah, and 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 actually, like genuinely nice guys. Like, it's not really. There's no. I'll be honest. There's no bad guys in the waiting room, but you know they mm. are. You know, two of the nicest guys. Mm. So yeah, very good. Right, last two. Who hogs the mirror most post race meet? Who's the one that's getting the hair looking nice for the the racing TV interviewer? <laughs> oh God, um, oh Jesus. There's the Southern jockey Will Kennedy looks after himself very well. Um, <laughs> he always he dresses very well and he looks after himself. It'll probably be him. Yeah. There you go. That was that was a nice answer there. It was a it was quick, but it was a certainty in the voice that was that's true. <laughs> that's true. Definitely <laughs> true. And last and last one. Who's the one that's most likely to order a plain meal at Nando's? Who's the, who doesn't like their spice? Oh God. Do you know? Do you know? I don't know any of the jockeys well enough for that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably all of us probably all of us just um, short and sweet give us the chicken yeah. and rice and get out <laughs> can't we can't really you know we, we can't really enjoy ourselves that much so just keep it plain keep it plain and simple that's a, that's a nice media answer to finish yourself off there yeah right ryan go home question you've got three cheesy pop songs to get a room ready for a night out what three cheesy pop songs are you going for i don't know if it, I, you see i was struggling with three I've got mm-hmm. two. Oh, that oh my, that's fine. That's fine. If they're, if my, they're crackers, I, that's all you need. Well, my, my go-to is, um, well, I don't know if it's cheesy, but LMFAO Party Rockers is... That's like, that's, that's pretty cheesy. That, that, well, there you go. That is my, that is my tune. And I, I swear to this day that I can do the, the, the shuffle, but I can't. I really can't. When I see the videos... And you, didn't, and you didn't answer yourself a best answer with a, with a, with a quote I, like that. I can't put myself down. Um, <laughs> so... You know, like you know, I swear I can do it. I really can't. And uh, Dolly Parton, nine to five, amazing, great song, great song. 
as a, as a little bit of an insider, you are set for this wedding tomorrow if the DJ doesn't show up and you just play those first two. You'll be, you could play whatever you want for the rest of the night and you'll be everybody's favourite. I'll be everybody's favourite, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> top tunes. They're all, they have to, should be on everyone's playlist. Exactly. And have you, have, you, have you thought of a possible third song or are you just going to stick with the two in the confidence? Like, I, I actually, like, I, I love my music, but mm-hmm. do you know when you, when, you, when you ask for, like, the top three? Yes, like, I do. Like, like genuinely, they are the only top two. Like, like I love a lot, a, a lot of songs, but like they are just, you know, I can't even think of another one that I would choose that was a cheesy pop <laughs> song like that. I'm more into like I do. I like a lot of dance and a lot of classics, so they're not really very cheesy. So, ah, uh, well, I'd I'd be pretty confident with those two that they'll go high up the leaderboard anyway. Yeah. We're about to a little insight for you. We're about to start the. We're about to start a leaderboard now that we've got ten or twelve, and we can start ranking them fairly. Ah, so. oh, they've got <laughs> probably the top two. Top two. Exactly. Well, Ryan, that's come us come to the end of the podcast. That's an absolute pleasure. Ryan, where can they find you on social media to keep up with you? Uh, I'm on Insta. <laughs> It'll all be linked down below, so don't you worry. It'll all be linked. Oh, at Ryan, at Ryan Mania, um, on Facebook, on Twitter. I mean, I'm there. I'm there. Exactly. I'm I'll, it'll all be linked down below. Don't I'm you worry. Not very- not very interesting but it's there um uh. mate you're selling yourself short i've had i've had a real good fun hour and 30 chatting to you here i've yeah, genuinely I've, had a really good fun unfortunately i like I, i've even i even tried to get my wife to do my instagram because i'm not very i'm just not i'm not that way minded unfortunately i, I like <laughs> but i'm not um so yeah we'll um we'll keep we'll keep trying i'll try and you know I'll try and get better i will improve <laughs> when when the millions come along from the over minutes podcast we'll we'll force you to improve yeah, well, that that would that would certainly be an encouragement. It would. <laughs> well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening once again to the Over Eighty Minutes podcast. Ryan Mania this week, incredible guest as always, without fail. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I'll let you go and enjoy your Friday night. Everybody else, as usual, give it a like, give it a rating, subscribe if you watch on YouTube. Five stars helps us more than anything you can imagine. Make sure you go and comment down below what was your favourite part. I want to hear. All the constructive criticism has been proved. If you're going to be mean or you're just going to try and make fun of me on social media, at least make it funny and then I'll get a retweet of you that way. Because if you just be mean, I really don't care what you have to say. Nice. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next week. Bye.